going on god squad church welcome back to another amazing saturday i'm so excited that you're here it might be sunday for you if you're in the in the in the aussie world but we're so excited to have you back uh thank you so much for tuning in on this saturday it means the world to me that you decided to give up your saturday to come together to be able to bring glory to jesus maybe make a step towards your relationship with him and I am super excited for you because I believe that this message is uh, is so necessary for us as people. And more so, uh, yeah, I just think it's timely. I think it's timely. But before we jump into that, I want to say happy Mother's Day. I know, I know, I know, I know it's not till tomorrow. But we have the opportunity to celebrate things in the future. Because, you know, we do church a day before all the, like, major celebrations. And so we're celebrating today. Happy Mother's Day. I am so thankful that you, as a mother, are here. I'm thankful that you chose to come to God Squad Church today. I'm thankful for you. Thank you so much for being here. You are a absolute superhero. And there should be more superhero stories about mothers. And uh, I just want to thank... Um, Sam Spa and the and the women's ministry team who sent out gifts to all the mothers uh, who are in the the I believe it's called the mothership and uh, if you're not a part of that and you're a mother this is your this is your put on notice you know what I mean our ladies are doing big things and so we want to make sure that you're a part of that uh, you can get plugged into the mothership right in Discord and so but thank you Sam Spa and uh, and ministry team you guys are beautiful the fact that you sent out gifts uh, means the world. Uh, to our leadership team here and just means the world i'm sure to each and every mother that got a gift thank you um if you are a mom today or if you're going to be you, know, you have a baby in your stomach like, like you're still a mom so put a three in chat i want to get some hype in the chat for you thank you so much let's get some hype in the chat for the moms get some hype in the chat even for your own mom if uh there if there's no moms here today you know what i mean get some hype in the chat for your own mom um but put a three in chat if you're a mom today we just want to thank you and what i would love to do is uh i'm going to give that a couple seconds and then i'm going to pray i want to pray a special blessing over all of our moms uh i i truly do think that moms are the best dude the dads have their place, you know what I mean? But but come on, moms? It's like not even close. And so uh, I just want to pray a special blessing over them um, and be able to lift them up uh, because I think that they don't get enough appreciation often. And I want to make sure that we're giving them the appreciation that they deserve. And so, uh, yeah. So put a three in chat. If you're a mom, put a three. If you hear the sound of my voice and you're not doing it, you need to do it. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And this isn't coming through. No big deal. Let's pray. Hype in chat for my wife and mother. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hype in chat for my wife. Dude, I, you guys all lose because I have the greatest wife and she's the greatest mother. It's just that simple, but it's fine. But let's pray. I want to pray for all the moms. Jesus, I come before you, Lord, and I am so thankful. I'm thankful that we have the ability to, to bring glory to your name and that every single mom in this chat, God, every single mom that will see this video, every single mom that's attending this service, God, they bring glory to your name by stewarding the gift you've given them well. And that is their children. And Lord, I'm so thankful that you called them to such a great task. And Father, I just pray that you would bring peace today in this season. Lord, that you would give them an, an ample amount of gratitude. Lord, that you would give them long, long suffering and patience, God. Father, but most of all, I pray a special blessing on their lives, God. And Lord, I pray for each and every Mother, hear God, that you would move in their situation. Lord, they may be struggling, and I pray, Father, that you would be with them, that you would show your love, that you would lavish it upon them. And Lord, I want to pray for every mother in this, in this place right now that may have lost a child. We see you, and I just pray, God, that you would move 
right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for every mother in this chat that desires, every woman in this chat that desires to be a mother, but can't be. Lord, I pray that you would bring to them special blessing. As they go through their heartache, I pray that you would be there for them and you would hold them. Your Holy Spirit would comfort them. Lord, I just pray that you would move. Do something amazing in the lives of these women today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's get some more hype in the chat for the ladies and all of the moms out there. We're super excited to be able to, to just be with you today, man. It's just, to me, it's one of these things that like truly moms are superheroes. It's just that simple. They are, they are capeless superheroes, but sometimes find themselves in capes. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm thankful for you. So thank you for being here. Um, Later in the service, we're going to be taking communion. I know it's a little bit out of out of the normal order. Uh, we're going to actually be doing that towards the end of the sermon. So if you don't have the communion elements ready, make sure you go grab those. Make sure that you have those at your desk or at your couch or wherever you're sitting watching the sermon because um, we'll be doing that later together. Um, so absolutely. Today, I want to talk about something uh, that God's been pressing on my heart. I had a different sermon planned and God rinsed me and said, no, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm God. Do what I say. And I'm like, you know what, Lord, you're right. You're God. And I'm just going to listen. And so that's what I did. And so God had kind of transplanted this, this message in my heart today. And the title of today's sermon is New Season, New Meta. And what this is based off of, and, and, and the reason why I'm, I, I think that the Lord is speaking this today, uh, if I'm correct, I hope I, I have a grip on it, is that we're built to change, but we hate it so much, right? Like, like we're built to change, but man, do we hate change. We have this weird relationship with change. It's like we long for the new, we, the adventure of it, right? Like, like, is this some ideal, picturesque thing in the distance? But then someone suggests something other than, like, tacos on a Tuesday, and we're almost appalled that they would even suggest a thing. Because we just can't wrap our minds around this idea of change, but on the other hand, we long for it, and it's this really weird conundrum and dichotomy that we live in. And change is hard. It, it's, it's not easy. We know that. And I, I, have, a, I have a tremendous story that kind of like, it tells about, so I used to play Fortnite a lot, um, especially when it first came out before, you know, kids got so cracked at it that they could like build a 10 story fortress in two and a half seconds and then edit windows into it and shoot her in the face. Like, yeah, I was playing before that. And then that started happening. And I was like, I'm out. That's it. I can't handle it anymore. Um, but I would play with my friend Atkins and my, my brother, Mike, and, um, we would play often, you know what I mean? We grind and we did really well. Like we would probably win, you know, half our games. Like we would come in first and like mostly because of them, less because of me, but you know, we loved the game. We had a ton of fun with it and, you know, we played at a high level and we were, we were having fun, but then something changed. And so for me, I was never really good with the shotgun. I wasn't good up close. I, I just, I don't know what it is. It's just when I get into close combat, I just can't hit. But I was good long ranged. So like, you know, if you put a scar in my hands or if you put a sniper, it was game over. Like I, I, I'm, that's where, that's where I belong. I'm long range. But my friend Atkins and my brother Mike, they're like push kings. They can push you and just destroy, destroy you. And the pump shotgun was really, really, really strong at the time. And it was this like shotgun that basically is just, just a strong, does a lot of damage. And what you would do is you would basically, uh, a shotgun shoot like an SMG shotgun switch again. And that meta for them was so good because they were so good in up close combat. And they were so good at like, at being able to control the field that way and push people and, 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 and they did amazing. Then a new season came around and guess what happened? The pump shotgun became weaker. The tactical shotgun was weak. Really up close combat was more to do with like SMG spray. And it was different, right? 
being able to flick to someone and shotgun them is different than having to follow them and track them with like a submachine gun. And they started doing worse and worse. And our team started doing worse. And eventually, they just stopped playing altogether. And there's a couple key things in this story that, that'll go throughout the sermon. There's like a through line. But that's what happens sometimes when we don't anticipate change. You're on top of the world and you don't really understand that things have the possibility of kind of being like carpet pulled right up from under you. But it's so much changed the meta of the game for them that they stopped playing. They stopped participating. Because the fun they were having was attached to the fact of that they could do this one thing well. And they didn't really get the whole picture. See, in Ecclesiastes 3.1, in the NIV, it says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There is a time for everything. In Mark 2, 21 through 22, it says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new patch pulls away from the old cloth, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost, as well as the skins. No new wine is put into fresh wineskins. There's an interesting thing that the Bible really culminates and lets us understand. And it's that there is a time for everything. But most of all, it lets us understand that there's seasons and they change. And what used to be may not be how it is now. And how it is now may not how may be may not be how it will be in the future. And if you're going to go into the future and you're going to get new wine, you can't put it into old things. You can't package it the same way. It can't look like it used to look. It has to be new and it has to be fresh. It has to be different. New season, new meta. And so you can't put the pump shotgun into the new meta with the SMGs because it doesn't do the same damage. It, it doesn't have the same ability anymore. It can't go into the future. You can't just try to shove it into the new wineskin because it won't work. Every season has a purpose and you have a purpose in every season. I believe the difficulty of this lies in three areas. One is when we don't anticipate the season will change. We don't anticipate that the season will change. Have you ever been learning something new and it doesn't apply to anything going on in your life right now? It might be a season you're going through and you just don't understand like, God, why do I have to go through this hardship? Like, why am I going through this season? And then later on, what you realize, hindsight 2020, you'll look back and you'll say, oh, wow, if I never went through that struggle, I would never be able to understand what you're going through right now. Or if I didn't go through that struggle, I wouldn't have the patience to do what I am doing today. If I didn't go through it. And you start to realize that you are in a preparation season. You were being prepared for what was to come. You were being prepared for a new season. I remember being taught leadership principles uh, when I was young, and I was, I was really filling in as like a part-time youth pastor. And I was learning this stuff, and it was really about helping lead leaders. And it was helping to help them to grow and, and change and what it looked like to lead a team and like as, as, as a lead pastor. And I was like, this doesn't mean anything to me. 
God, like, I, I don't need to know this stuff. Like, I need to know how to lead people, but I don't need to know how to, like, lead a whole church. Like, I don't have any reason to do that. And it was this really awkward thing because it was, like, really being pushed at the time of, like, no, I really want you to do this. And you need to do this. And so I was just doing it because I felt like I had to. And then I remember when I relaunched my first church and, we, and I planted my first church. And I realized in that moment that that season meant everything. And I couldn't see it because I didn't anticipate that the season would change. If anybody's familiar with the LCS, uh, League of Legends, the professional scene in America in the NA, in the NA scene, you would 100% know a team called TSM, Team Solo Mid. It's been my team since League of Legends started. I've been a fanboy. I love TSM. Eventually, over a couple, uh, a few years after TSM started, they, they got this kid on board, and his name was Bajurgason. Um, You can say his name in a bunch of different ways. That's how I'm going to call him today. He's a mid laner, and he is absolutely insane at the game. The reason why TSM did so well for so long was because of this guy, 100%. Everybody would say he was the shot caller. He was just an absolute savant at the game. Very, very good. And I thought Bajurgason would never leave TSM. It's just like, how could he ever leave? He's the guy. He's like the superstar. You know what I mean? He's the Kobe Bryant of the Lakers. He's it. Like, he can't leave. How would Tim the Tapman ever leave Twitch and go to YouTube? There's no way. He's one of the pillars, the foundations. How could Saikuno leave? Like... He was their poster child, right? But Jerkson was their poster child for TSM. But eventually seasons change and his desires change and he, he, he left. And I was sitting here like, wow, how could he do this to us? You know what I mean? How could he do that to us? We're in this together. <laughs> like my cheers are like somehow <laughs> helping him win. Anticipation. Things change. We need to be ready for it. Number one was when we don't anticipate the season will change. Moms and dads, one day, little Jesse or little Johnny are going to be ready to leave. And there's a ton of stages in between there where this applies to, too. But you have to be ready. You have to start teaching them what they need to know for what's, the t what's to come. Right? When the time that they need those lessons, you need to be instilling them now. You can't just get to 18 and be like, oh, well, I thought you would figure it out. Like, right? You need to anticipate the change is coming. Just like the change came when they graduated kindergarten and the change came when they went to fifth grade. Like there's changes and there's, and there's marks and we need to anticipate those things and we need to understand because when we can anticipate them, when we know they're coming, we can prepare for them. Right? ESM probably wasn't blindsided by the fact that Bajurgason left. They probably prepared for it. They probably knew it was coming. They had another idea in, in mind. They had a new thought. They were anticipating it. If you're not anticipating change, a lot of times you're going to be left, you know, driving a horse and buggy when everybody else is driving cars. You're going to still be using like a hand drill when everybody else is using power tools. You're going to be left on, you know, one megabyte upload trying to be a streamer. Times change, seasons change, and we need to learn how to change with them. If you're a one-trick pony in a world where ponies are no longer needed, you're going to be lagging behind you're going to be stuck 
And there's a huge spiritual through line here. And the story of Joseph really shows us why it matters so much to anticipate the seasons and how they'll change. In Genesis 41:54, it says, "In the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said, there was famine in every land, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. There was famine in every land, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. If that was the whole story, you wouldn't understand it. But see, there was a dream given to Joseph years prior. And he understood there was going to be a severe famine. And at this time, he was a high ruler in Egypt. And he was given the ability to be able to make some really important decisions for Egypt and found so much favor because when every other land went into famine, he already had been storing up from the bountiful years of harvest. He anticipated the change. And because he prepared for it, it allowed literal life to be given. What are you preparing for today? Are you prepared to share the gospel with a friend? Are you prepared for that life shift change to happen of maybe a new career or maybe things are a little different or maybe the loss of a loved one? We need to be able to anticipate the famines. Things don't often go as planned and we need to be and not be stuck and what we think we know, and live in the reality of what's possible. And now, listen to me carefully. This doesn't mean worrying over every possible bad outcome. That is not what this means. But instead, being healthily prepared for change. The Lord talks to us about worrying about tomorrow's Bad, right? Worrying about tomorrow's worries. But he also talks about being prepared for the future and what the future holds for you. Whether that's a new opportunity, whether that's a shift in your family, whether that's a new serve opportunity at GSC. Be ready and be prepared. Number two in the three things that I think are really evident in us as, as people that deal with the dichotomy of change is we have a really hard time because when we don't see the season has changed. We get stuck in a place where we don't see that the season has changed. In Luke 10, 38 through 40, it says, While they were traveling, he entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him, him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks and came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve you alone? So tell her to give me a hand. When we don't see the season has changed. Oh, Martha. Oh, Martha. Martha, Martha, Martha. Jesus goes on to correct her and says, hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> says, Martha, what? she understands the season. She understands what just happened. She understands that she has the Lord here with her. Like, you're the one missing the boat. Right in that scripture verse, 
but Martha was distracted by her many tasks. When we don't see the season has changed, we get so lost in the current season of life. We get busy and distracted. We allow every other thing, we allow the tasks to add up and we forget that we are ever changing. We forget that the Lord may put something new in our hearts and in our spirits and we get so focused in on looking down at the paper that we miss the fact that he's walking by us or we miss the fact that he's come to our house to be with us. Martha was distracted by her many tasks. Christian, do not be distracted by your many tasks when the Lord is there. You have the ability to be with him. Do not get caught up in just serving him with never being with him. You've ever been in any kind of a long-term relationship? I don't, don't care if it's with a friend or with, um, you know, a significant other or with, you know, your kid. Like things change. They just do. It's just life. I've been with my wife now for 17 years. I'm 32 years old. I've been with that the the most beautiful, amazing, absolutely hardworking beast of a woman. She wouldn't want to be described that way. Beast of a woman for 17 years since I was 15 years old. And one thing I can promise you is that nothing has stayed the same. Not because my wife is flipping and just changed her mind all the but because we go through seasons, things change. I mean, like we 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 got together when she was 16, I was 15. Like we're not the same people. My my interests have changed. Her interests has changed. You know, her favorite color has changed. And sometimes when we're in a relationship, we're like, but wait a second. No, no, no. I know, I know your favorite color. I, I know what your favorite food is. Trust me. I was, I've, I've cooked it. I know what it is. You know what, little kid? You don't know nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? We talk to our kids. Like my, my daughter's, she's, she's four years old. And her co favorite color's changed three times. How am I supposed to keep up? The difference is, is we don't see the change because we haven't been participating in their lives. It's just that simple. In order to see the season has changed, we have to spend time with the one that changes the seasons. A new meta. If I buy my daughter a pink cake, man, she was going to slap me in the face. <laughs> That's not true. She'd be thankful and she'd say thank you. But really, she wanted a, an orange and black cake, you know? If I bought her a uh, frozen ice cream, you know, with the frozen characters, she's going to be like, Dad, like, I don't, I don't like that anymore. Our inability to see that the season has changed comes from the fact that we're not opening our eyes and seeing what's in front of us because we're getting distracted by life rather than focusing on what matters. There are signs that things are changing. Number three is change is hard because it comes down to the idea it becomes difficult when we don't want the season to change. We're creatures of habit and sometimes we fall into a place where we're content 
and we're happy and we like where we are. You know, I like it when my bedroom is cold because I can sleep better. Like, I like it when my shoes look a certain way. I like it when I get my certain kind of deodorant or... or it, I like it when I get my certain character in Valorant. I like it when I get to get my certain role in World of Warcraft playing a mage DPS. I just like it. I feel more comfortable. Hard when we don't want the season to change. Jonah 4, one, uh, 1 through 3 says, Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. He prayed to the Lord, please, Lord, isn't this what I said while I was still in my own country? That's why I fled Tarshish. In the first place, I knew that you are gracious and compassionate, God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and one who relents from sending disaster. And now, Lord, take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. This is the words of Jonah. When he brought the warning of the Lord to the Ninevites. And they repented. Jonah had been running away from a season of change for a long time. So much so that God had to captivate his attention in a pretty drastic way. But see, it wasn't that Jonah didn't believe that the Lord would do what he said he would do. See, this sums up the reality that Jonah wasn't scared to go to Nineveh. This sums up the reality. This, this doesn't sum up the reality that, that Jonah was, for some reason, hesitant because he was afraid for his own life. No, this was because Jonah did not want to see the season change for the Ninevites. He didn't want to see them forgiven. He didn't want to see their lands restored. He didn't want to see that they were forgiven by God. He wanted to be able for them to get the punishment that he felt like they deserved. He didn't want the season to change. See, a lot of times in our own hearts, in our own lives, we get into the same place where we don't want to see the season change for someone else. And if you were to be real with yourself, that's the reason why you're not sharing the gospel with them because you, part of you just doesn't think that they're ready for it or they're capable of understanding it or they're going to actually listen. That's not your choice. Because the, the, the interesting word here is want. You might not want the season to change, but that person needs their season to change. And this goes on into a lot of other areas of our lives where we don't want to see the season change in our lives because we like it here. It's comfortable where I'm sitting. I like that I'm comfortable. Like, I like that I have what I have. I, I like that. And things don't change because I don't want them to. Because I'm content where I am. Sometimes we don't want our seasons to change because our identity is wrapped up in it. This is who I am. Like what I do becomes what I am. And so maybe you're the best postal worker there is. And man, you get all the praises, you know, you're, you're, you're employee of the month. No one delivers a package like you. And then God's like, yo, I want you to move to Alaska. And serve me. And your immediate thought is, I'm, I'm a postal worker in Florida, God. You want me to go to Alaska? That can't be God. That can't be God. What do you mean, God? You wouldn't be telling me that. 
You see how great I am what I'm doing, God. You see it. You don't need that. You don't, you don't want that from me. Send someone else. I've been in positions at churches where I thought it was forever. I was at a church for seven years. Seven years is a long time to give a community, to give a church your life. I was serving with my life. And when that season came to an end, I didn't see it. And not because I just didn't see it changing, but because honestly, in the truth of my heart, I didn't want it to change. Because I was comfortable. I knew my pizza place down the road. You know, I, I, I knew the name of the, the people at the gas station. I had a community of people, of friends. Like, I felt loved and, and it was warm and it was fuzzy, you know what I mean? Like, it was a happy place. But the Lord was calling me to somewhere else. He was calling me to do something else. And he was calling my family across the state and I, I didn't see it. Because I didn't want to. My identity was wrapped up in that place. But the Lord didn't call me to be a fill-in-the-blank church pastor. He called me to be a child of God. He called me to be obedient. He called me to chase after him. And the truth is, if we don't allow God to do new things in us and through us and continue to hold on to the way that we used to do things, we will miss the blessing of obedience. And maybe that new season doesn't look as glamorous or glorious or amazing as the last season. It's not the point. The point is that you listened to your creator. You listened to the Lord and he guided you. He makes right the path of a righteous. Following after him is the greatest service of my life. And the truth is, eventually, if I would have stayed in that place where I felt comfortable, at peace, eventually it would have fallen apart. Not because God was wishing some evil on me, but because I wasn't supposed to be there anymore. And the spot that I left was for someone else. So I could have hung on until things dwindled to zero and I messed up relationships and hurt people. Or I could listen. And it changed the fabric of my journey. See, you may be here in this call today and have never heard of Jesus I'm talking about and maybe not have an understanding of why I'm talking about the effect that I need to be obedient to a creator, you might, you might not understand. And I get it. It's a lot to take in. And it's honestly countercultural to a lot of things now. You're supposed to be the master of your own self, right? It's all about me and, and inwardly looking at myself and you know what am I supposed to do? And, what am I, and then through that, then you're a blessing to others. But as Christians, we actually believe it differently. We believe we surrender ourselves to God and that's what makes those other things come out well. All other things will be added to it when we learn to surrender and be obedient. And you may have come into this stream or this video with an opinion on what you thought about God. But today might be the start of a new season a radical change for you. And if you felt drawn here today, I want you to take a second and just ask yourself, is this what I've been searching for? Maybe your new season 
is asking Jesus to be your Savior and Lord today. I'm not going to go through the salvation prayer with you, and I can explain what that is, but I want you to take that with you, that question, and ask yourself, is this a new season in my life? And am I willing to allow Jesus to be my Lord, to be my Savior, to save me from this life that I used to live? If that's you, I want you to think about it. And when you're ready, if you want to make that choice to say, you know what, daylight, I'm in. I want to start this new journey you're talking about. I don't want to be caught in the old season. When you make that decision, I want you to message me. Go into our Discord. So I'm going to put in the, the command in chat. I want you to message me and say, I'm ready. That's it. I'm not going to hound you. I'm not going to like stalk you. Like, just want to give you a little bit more information and walk you through what it looks like to make that commitment. Because Jesus truly does love you. And the relationship that you will find in him will be the most life-giving thing you've ever experienced in your entire life. So how do we avoid not being able to anticipate the season will change or being able to see that it has or perhaps learn to let go of our wanting to not let the season change? How does all of those things change? How do we stop being the people that are holding on to not anticipating change or seeing the change or seeing that, that the season has changed or not wanting this season to change? Like, how do we move on? And I truly believe with my entire heart, it starts with communion. And no, I am not talking about the, the communion we're about to take, but that is a part of it. I'm talking about the communion between you and your Savior. I'm talking about the relationship aspect you have with God. And how this begins and starts to change is you taking him from being a distant one of the gods and bringing him as the God of your life. When we serve Jesus, we don't serve a dead God that just wants us to make sacri sacrifices and homage to him. We're serving a God that wants to have a relationship with us, a personal relationship. And that relationship is strengthened by reading the Bible. That relationship is strengthened by spending time in prayer. Prayer is not just this thing where we get alone and we just say a bunch of things to God. Prayer is a conversation we can have between us and God. The Lord wants to speak to you through his scripture, through people that also pursue after him, other brothers and sisters in Christ, and also personally to your heart. It starts with communion. And today as we uh, go into a time of communion, this is not wine, by the way. I don't know if that's against terms of service or not, but this is juice of some sort. But as we go, and it doesn't matter what you have, I want you to understand that. You can go grab whatever you want. These are symbols. These have no powerful, powerful thing that they do. There's like, it's simple, just symbols. So whatever you have is fine. The only thing we ask before you take communion here at God Squad Church 
is the biblical mandate that you also believe in Jesus. And that's just us really stewarding you well because the scriptures tell us that in order to take communion, you want to take it in obedience to Christ under the covenant of your faith in him. And so before we get into communion, though, I want you to reflect on what has your communion with him been like? What has communing with God been like in your life? And does it need work? And it's okay if it does. We all need work in some way, shape, or form. And I don't think anybody on this planet would say we don't. In 1 Corinthians 11, 23-26, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat. In verse 25, it says in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's drink. Father, I'm thankful, God. I'm thankful that you chose to go to the cross and shed your blood. That you were willing to give up your body into brokenness so that your creation could have wholeness again. Lord, you love us so deeply and we're humbled. Pray, God, that each and every one of us will take a step in our communion with you today and that we would commune with you more often. We wouldn't get caught up in the traps of change. Lord, would you minister to our hearts, allow us to be transformed, allow us to be more like you. We're thankful, God, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. He is the God of preparation. He sees the future. He is our comforter and knows not only what's best for us, but also what we cannot see. Only by spending time in your Bible, time in prayer, and time with people that are close to him, will you be able to flow with the meta change. As we continue our service, we're going to continue our worship through giving and your giving at God Squad Church doesn't go to me. It doesn't go to Pastor Boz. It doesn't go to Pastor Amanda. Like, it goes for us to reach gamers so that they can come to know God, experience community, discover their purpose, and make a difference. It goes that we can put on services like this, daily reconnects, and do the things that we do and, and love to do. But most of all, more than any of the strategy that we implement, right, the things that we do, it's the fact that we give because we believe in the mission and the mission to reach gamers with the gospel. 
And so as you give today, or you continue to give, I just pray that you would be moved by the Spirit and that your generosity wouldn't be placed on what you've seen or what you've done, but it'd be placed on the fact of what God is speaking to you. We believe in extreme generosity at God Squad Church, and we've seen it time and time again. And so I pray a, a, a prayer of blessing over you as you give. The Lord tells us to test him in it. As we give that you will, you know, it'll be given unto you. It's an incredible guarantee because the Lord doesn't make many of them, but he actually literally tells us to test him in it. If you're new here today and this is your first time, we do not want a cent from you unless you feel like the Lord's telling you to do something. We just want everything for you. We pray that this message has been uh, encouraging and helpful and that it changes the way that maybe you see the new season, the new meta in your life. And before we go on to our giving video and giving you the different ways you can give here at God Squad Church, I just wanted to tell you if no one's told you they love you today, that I love you with my whole heart. See you soon. Bye, guys. Here at God's Watch Church, there are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give. You can give by clicking on the panel below to give a one-time or monthly donation via card or PayPal. You can also go to our website, godsquadchurch.com give and set up a one-time or monthly donation of any amount. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to set up a quick and easy way to give. Because of you, we are able to share the gospel with gamers around the world. No matter what amount you're giving, thank you for your generosity.